0: Hello, Jamal here. Just some quick notes before we jump into today's episode. Discussion about Elliot and their past transgressions, um, racial and transphobic and otherwise, come up in this today's episode. And I just wanted to be very clear about where we stand before we get to that conversation. We are anti-people like Elliot with two Ts. Um racial just nasty racial comments and things that are coming up jokes um transphobic remarks that candy muse is making us aware of that were set on sets and um you know continued ignorance um we've already talked about what they said on the podcast but it seems that more and more um is coming out and at the time of recording the podcast i was not aware of any of that. I'd only heard about the, um, black girl magic comment. So, um, we just wanted to clear that up before we jumped into today's show. We are not for cancel culture, of course, but you can get canceled if you're not willing to learn and grow. So, um, what I was trying to say in the discussion was, you know, we have to see the work. These people can't make these changes overnight and words only go so far. And um, if you are a white gay, I do look at you a little crazy because, you know, maybe I do think that there's a lot of Elliot's out there <laughs> with two T's that, you know, will smile in your faces and then, you know, make comments like these. Whether they know it or not, that's the point I was trying to make uh, where Seth is very much like, you know, fuck this shit, fuck her. I'm with that as well um in 2021 we're just not putting up with that if you're going to support racists you're going to support transphobes xenophobic people anyone who's out here to hate we don't rock with that so um you know we can't get behind that so that's what we're trying to say on today's show it's going to take time will elliot show us um we'll see and that's on them I do think that they need to say something, accountability is everything, and um, there can be no growth without having that accountability accepted on a public level. So um, let's get into the show.
1: Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey, girl. Thanks for coming. Oh, grrr. Well, hello everyone and thanks for coming. My name's Seth. What's yours? Hello, it's Jamal. Hi, it's Stony. Hey everybody, welcome back 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 again to another fun week here at Thanks for Coming, the most magically gay podcast. We are of course back back again to bring you all of the special tea discussions, biscuits about RuPaul's Drag Race season 13.
0: We're back another week in season thirteen. How are we feeling?
1: I'm tired.
2: Meh. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Meh.
1: (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Jesus. Gross. (laughs) Yikes. But here we are another fun week in the season (laughs) thirteen. We're so excited to (laughs) recap it for you, even if we're personally not enjoying it. I'm just
0: like I'm just taking it in. I'm waiting for things to you know heat up a little bit more.
2: Yeah, it's just kind of coasting along. Like, maybe in a couple weeks, it'll start to get a little bit better. I Like, I'm enjoying the runway looks, I guess, but some of the personalities, maybe not so much. We just
0: don't need another split premiere or whatever you want to call that shit either. Because by now, we could have already gotten into more of the queens there would have been more queens gone
2: home it's kind of if you think about it it's kind of the opposite of uk whereas you the looks aren't as good on uk but the personalities are just amazing and then season 13 is like the looks are great but the personalities
1: are lacking yes lacking (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, girl. It's a season. It took us seven episodes to get Tina Burner to not wear a red, orange, or yellow outfit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and really, that was because of the challenges that were served.
1: And also,
2: like, the season, they were like, <laughs> they are like, Candy, you did so amazing because you finally shut the fuck up for once. <laughs> yeah, good
1: job, girl.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> you did so good, like like not talking as
1: much <laughs> yeah work candy give us nothing <laughs> 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 oh geez um well bef- before we get too far into the root cap um we wanted to, to f- do a follow-up short conversation about a subject that we previously talked about which is the story oh gosh i don't even know it must be at least a year old by now but um, of RuPaul fracking, the, the f- <laughs> what the frack is going on here? <laughs> oh, yeah. All the queens on
0: Twitter and other podcasts have been, um, inc- ourselves included, talking about it for at least the past year.
1: Yes, girl. So I guess there are some updates because I was listening actually to the sibling rivalry podcast with Bob the Drag Queen and Monet Exchange. And I guess they actually looked into the details of the situation. And so. So I guess really the situation is that the farm is actually owned by RuPaul's partner, and I think maybe like it's like through his family. So I think his like family owned it before before he did, Mm. and so basically I guess, and I think also before RuPaul even like started dating, or maybe even like I think before RuPaul even met um, this man George, that uh like the either george or the family had already s- sold the mineral rights to the mm-hmm. land so mm-hmm. that's why then um they came to frack the farm because they don't really once you sell the mineral rights to your land you don't have a choice if they come and frack
0: right that's a done deal um i've learned a lot about that as well so that is a thing <laughs>
1: so it was basically like that
2: george's family before george owned it sold the mineral right so therefore
1: as soon as george got it like he can't do anything about it i don't know if it was before george or um or what but i do know i that it was before rupaul and george started dating before they met each other which it it could have been it could have been george's parents or whatever i'm just not too sure on the details
0: yeah they've been together well over 20 years as well um, yeah if you sell your air rights or your subsurface rights those mineral rights uh, you can possess the property but they can basically come in as long as you're not impeding the functioning of your home and do what they need to do
1: definitely I mean um, so so it's like kind of s- now knowing the full story it's kind of sucks that you know, we and like all these other people give RuPaul such a hard time when it's not even like a a decision that RuPaul was a part of. Like, RuPaul just lives there (laughs) with her husband. Well, you know, unfortunately, this is what the internet does. We take
0: a little nugget and we make jokes. But, you know, there's only a few shows that I've listened to um, that go back and (laughs) correct themselves and clear up things. So, Thank you, Bob and Monet, for starting that trend. Hopefully, other shows do the same I thing.
2: Mean, yeah. And, I mean, like, to be honest, like, I've always kind of just, like, joked about RuPaul's fracking operation. And it's always been, like... Light jokes. A light joke because, honestly, I don't know the details behind it. I never did. And I never cared to know those details. It was more just... Well, and at the end of the day, To me, too. it's just a funny thing to, like, make mm-hmm. fun of. Like, I don't know what the fuck Ru is doing out here, like, I really right. don't care either.
0: Right. At the end of the day, it's no <laughs> one's business. But, like,
2: yeah. So, I just thought it was always funny. But, like, it's good to know that, you know, Rue, I guess, had nothing to do with it. Um. But, yeah. I don't know. It, it's just good to know the origins of it, I guess. People are going
0: to talk shit if they want to talk gonna shit. I'm still going to joke
2: about it, by the way. So, whatever. <laughs> 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 now you're just
0: going to say a Rue's boo. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But we we just wanted to come out and correct that. So, you know, for all the other things that we have spoken about that we dislike about RuPaul's actions, <laughs> that we just want to at least, you know, give her credit where credit's due. And this is not something that people should be hateful towards her about. Like what Stoney said, maybe some light jokes and shade is fun, but, you know, I don't think we need to be up in arms about it anymore
0: absolutely not if people are hate watching that's their business if they want to stay pressed about it
1: so that's kind of our story update for the week is uh well i guess we asked if everyone was we're you know we recorded this uk episode yesterday everyone's still fine no one died it's still snowing here (laughs) um lots and lots of snow still coming down
0: still cold here
1: still cold af so let's just go ahead and get into our honesty spill of the week uh, honest tea hey everybody welcome back to our Honesty spill of the week we are of course back 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 again to bring you another fun episode of listening to reynold play with his toys <laughs> this damn dog <laughs> go away reynold go away <laughs> do you want to squeak the toy
2: for us reynold He's like, let me make sure I do it right next to the microphone.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Reynolds dragging the toy over to the microphone right now. (laughs) It's
0: amazing, these dogs, both of them. They, like, grab the squeakiest toy as soon as you have a meeting or a phone call. He's currently peeling a tennis ball. Oh.
1: Like a future cannibal right there. (laughs) Peeling the skin (laughs) off of his victims. You know, Reynolds would do that. (laughs) he would
0: (laughs) he's he's dark enough inside
1: i think he's self-conscious about squeaking the toy right now (laughs) well we'll hear how this goes throughout the podcast (laughs) um so at the top of this show tamisha iman has sashayed away and we're all feeling real sad about it
0: uh so sad
1: the worst, honestly. <laughs> the well
0: Tamisha like grew on me so much, like I wasn't looking forward to
2: seeing her go. I know. The heart of the season was uh had to
1: sha sachet away. Bye girl. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so um then Elliot is feeling self-conscious because she doesn't have like the sisterly bond with everyone because she's making like microaggressions uh, (laughs) behind the scenes to the, the Queens of color.
0: (laughs) Oh, yikes. Well, I mean, I'm not going to pass out any sympathy for people that still have learning and growing to do, but depression and that feeling is very real. So hopefully um Elliot takes these kind of the self-awareness and realization of what's happening and does something different approaches the girls a little differently
1: I hope so yeah maybe if Elliot can like overcome her depression maybe she can make a true apology and see what she's doing that is actually wrong yes so, this week's mini challenge is a reading challenge, girls. The library is open. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> it was open, at least for a while. <laughs> just from nine to five,
0: girl. I definitely enjoyed Gottmik the most.
1: Yeah, I, I thought, well, I thought overall it was just a pretty good reading challenge. Like, there weren't too many flops. Right. Yeah, it was pretty solid. But yes, Mick was really good. I think that um, other people that I really enjoyed were Denali, Candy, and Tina.
0: Mm-hmm. Denali did really well. I laughed.
1: <laughs> yes, she was real funny with the the white girls twerking. Yes, <laughs> yes that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that Physical was really comedy. funny. Candy was funny, too. I liked her a lot.
0: Yeah, Candy was funny.
1: Yeah, and of course, Tina. You know, that's like her thing. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, this is a walk in the park for Miss Tina Burner, Titty Burner.
1: Yes, <laughs> I also thought Rosé was really good too. Yeah, she, she like who are the people that like did really bad? I, that's what it was. Trying oh, to that be. would be Olivia and Elliot.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Olivia's like she's better at the secret shade.
1: <laughs> yeah, El- Elliot did worse than uh, Olivia, but Olivia was not a shining beacon in this
0: challenge. I have a feeling Olivia is, like, one of the queens that gives the shade that's very much, like, they'll ask you a question, like, are you sure you're gonna wear that? <laughs> like, <laughs> or are it's you like sure? Shade
1: with, she probably just doesn't even realize she's being shady. But, At it, all. like, in those moments. No, I don't not- think... Well, I just think she's really, like, a nice... Like she wants to be nice to all the all the her sisters on the show. Yeah. So I don't. I think when she is being shitty, she doesn't necessarily realize it. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I
2: felt bad for Elliot though. Like I don't know. It's just I feel bad for people when they like do really bad in front of a group of people. I don't know. It just makes me like feel sad for them.
0: It's called like secondhand embarrassment because yeah. it's like well, Ruth said it. Like you feel them uncomfortable, so then it makes you uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I don't, it just made me feel really bad. Like,
1: yeah. Did you say bad or mad? Cause um, here's a Kate. So now you can be super mad girl. <laughs> oh, let me fly away. I guess. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yikes.
0: I was so like, so oh, funny. That didn't land, but nice <laughs> try.
1: It's a bird. It's a plane. Nope. Oh God. It's a rock. It's falling. <laughs> yeah. It's Elliot's reading
2: glasses. Whoop. The That's library the library has been closed and burned down. Somebody please close the fucking library. I'm tired <laughs> of hearing Elliot talk. That was the shadiest thing that Rue's ever said. I think it's burned down or something. Yeah.
1: Damn, they really had to put Elliot last. <laughs> like, damn, let at least let Tina close the set. Like, come on.
0: For real make elliot go first
1: (laughs) get give elliot like a tight two and then like (laughs) 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 tina can have like a tight five (laughs) at the end yes yes um all right so at the end of this reading competition got mick wins so congratulations to you girl well done congrats yes so for this week's mini ch- or a maxi challenge <laughs> the girls will be starring on teams on the bossy Rossi after darky show and uh rupaul is assigning the teams quote randomly
0: yeah from left to right
1: from left to right no no particular reason that they were told to stand in that order i'm sure yeah um <laughs>
0: Wait, were they told to stand where they were?
1: I'm sure they were, girl. Like, <laughs> I'm sure I, they always do that kind of stuff. It's always like you stand here, you stand here, because that way they they can be like, oh, it's just, just random. Like, they don't they don't understand at the time, like they're getting set up.
0: Oh, I guess they never like because hmm. maybe there was like an
1: order. They put them in order for the reading challenge, so then like they all go back into the order they want them to be in. Yeah, girl. Hmm
2: reality tv 101 i just Come might on. be
0: uh, yeah i might just be slacking on that, i don't know
1: girl front. total slag <laughs> yeah total slag
0: have <laughs> got too many things to focus on and where production's making the girls stand
1: yes girl <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> oh man um. So, not too much happens in between assigning the roles and and the actual Bossy Rossi show. So, we're just going to go ahead and skip right into discussing the different scenes. Mm-hmm. So, we will start with the group that is Rose Denali, Ra <laughs> Ra R- Lee, <Rally>, and Ra 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 and they will be in the segment titled. I'm pregnant with my imaginary boyfriend's baby. Oh, man. I thought Rosé was giving it their all. Like,
0: you can tell, like, Rosé is just getting the Jan edit. I just feel for Rosé. It's like (laughs) they're bringing their best performance. They're in it. They're in the scene, and then they just, like, well later we'll get there it doesn't take as far as they'd hope but I literally wrote that
1: in my notes is that (laughs) she's getting the Jan edit so I think that's really funny that you just said it yeah I'm just
0: like oh don't do this don't do this we're like manifesting this sorry Rose um Denali was fine you know I thought it was entertaining the whole thing. Yeah.
1: I thought Denali was really good, actually. Like, I thought she did a lot better than people gave her credit for.
0: Yeah, I don't say fine in a sl- to slight them. I thought that, like, La La Rie could have had a little more energy. But Denali and Rose were, like, pretty spot on with each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I thought this was, like, actually a pretty good, like, like uh, group, I guess. And I, I guess it makes sense that they were safe. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed... Was it Denali that came out and was like, I'm going to set? Because this was like the fake, the, With the imaginary boyfriend. Yeah, and she was like, I'm just going to set on this <laughs> dick or whatever. And they're a mother and daughter. <laughs> yeah. I was just I, like, Yeah, this was
1: one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, I was like, I love that. Like, that was
2: hilarious. So I think Denali has really, this season, gotten the short end of the stick. I mm-hmm. feel like she's had amazing looks. She's had like some pretty good performances. And. There's just not, like, been any... Like, I kind of get why she's upset now. Like, it's like there's not been any critique. She's never in the top. It's just, like, we need something for Denali. Like, she's had some amazing looks
1: this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I do think that Denali is not being given enough credit. Yeah. Um, it's It's a bummer. But, yeah, so that was... The first challenge, I think, that, uh, or the first scene, I should say. I, I do think, I don't think La La Rie was horrible, but yeah, she just was not matching the energy of the other two. Yeah, correct. So, next group, let's talk about Got Mick, Utica, and Olivia. They are starring in a scene titled Breaking My Silence Escape <laughs> from the Cult of Mimology. <laughs> Oh, mimeology!
0: There was a little bit of workroom tug of war over who would get to play Cheryl the mime. I am—I um, would have liked to see Utica play it, but I'm also happy to have seen Olivia do it because Olivia did such a good job. I thought that um, <coughs> gotmic for a little bit was just kind of there for me, but then like they started to make their jokes and um, Utica looks snatched as like trailer park trailer park mom. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought um Utica did or not Utica, um make did a really good job doing like I could like I've seen talk shows where some bitch comes out there like that and it's like here's my butt. Oh yes. And like <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> she claims to be like the expert on something that you've never heard of, so you just have to assume that they are the expert and you're just like is this person really the expert? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Um, (laughs) it's
0: all in my book it's in chapter eight
2: yeah and like won't shut the fuck up about their book so like I feel like Gottmik did a really good job with that I thought Olivia did awesome like it was really good um just I mean I feel like with being a mime is like I mean that's not something easy to do like it's
1: it's very it diff- could be hard to sell because you're not actually you're not able to deliver any lines, right. right? And
0: that's what the girls picked up on because they were able to watch each other's performances. It's like Olivia's not saying anything and she's like serving, and it's yeah, yeah, it's a different type we of hear, performance.
1: We did hear some commentary from Candy Muses Peanut Gallery all the throughout time. all these scenes. <laughs> all which, the time. Says, yeah. We can talk about um, that later.
2: I'm just tired of Candy like always. <laughs> dominating like i don't need like girl
1: let somebody else talk i don't
2: care what your opinion is candy (laughs) i really don't like there's like 10 other people or nine other people in this cast like we don't need to
1: know your opinion like her opinion (laughs) would be nice to hear from time to time if it like but she gives her opinion so much it dilutes like anything she has to say because she just says so much and it's like she doesn't give any of the other girls a chance to say too much right she does this constantly in untucked once we get to untucked
2: we can talk about it but it's just like will you please just stop like you don't need to be in every scene of untucked
1: it it, it feels like she's trying to produce the show and her angle on the show and the storyline because they can only use (laughs) what the girls actually say to make the storylines so she goes oh my girl denali she didn't do so hot then they're gonna go with that storyline but denali actually did good so it's, like, really annoying that she's kind of, like, driving the storyline of the season. Yeah, I don't like it.
0: Yeah, and I hate that production works that way because, like, had Denali... I'm skipping ahead, but had Denali said something when they probably should have and untalked if they felt away, way, then we probably would have got the ending to that story that we liked
1: a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Going back to the scene, though, I do think... Um, I think that got Mick did a great job and I think that Olivia did a great job in her role I think Olivia could have done a really good job as the mom um I think that Utica could have done a really good job as Cheryl mm-hmm. but I think Olivia could have done a good job as either character so yeah absolutely so it's just unfortunate for Utica that she didn't fight a little harder for that Cheryl role because she ended up Standing out really as doing not well in that scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we can we can touch on it more in judging. But for Utica, I completely agree. Like either either of them could have done either role, and Gottmik said that as well. Um, but this was an opportunity for <laughs> Utica to show them something else. Kind of like they told Candy, like show us something else. Now they're getting on Utica's case for being strange and unique. So this was a chance for you to kind of show them something different. And unfortunately it did not go
1: positively. It didn't. And, and I was really confused about the Starbucks storyline. The only thing that I can think of is that Utica was playing on the fact that she was really tall because she was wearing like shorts and that bikini top. So it really accentuates how tall she actually is. Oh, yeah. So I think yeah. that's why she was saying like, Oh, I went to Starbucks and I just wanted this tall, but they gave me the really tall one. Cause I'm so tall. And you know, <laughs> it was just was like, but where'd that? Uh, why are we hearing the story? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, that's the performance and arts
0: kid kind of coming out a little more than it should. Like, don't spend too much time explaining the character with improv. You're supposed to just jump in. Yeah,
2: yeah. Which is sad because like she was like, I'm such an improv like m- like master. Like, that was the whole thing, right? Like, she was supposed to be yeah. the best at improv ever. And then because she wasn't the mime, she fell short on herself. Yeah, I was like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Shade. Um, damn.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next scene. We have Simone and a more subdued Candy Muse to perform the scene. Former Teen Queens. Where are they now? <laughs>
0: I actually enjoyed this scene. I thought um, Simone was hilarious, crawling over that fence, showing off her hot pocket. Any like blurred moment just like takes me back to, I don't know, reading trashy ass like um, TMZ or the blogs back in the day when I cared what celebrities were up to, and there's somebody yeah. flashing their ding dong or vajayjay by accident. So that yeah. blur over like right on top of the fence, I was like, oh god, Simone. <laughs> here she comes
2: is it Paris is it Kim (laughs) yeah see so I guess so one I really enjoyed Simone during this with Candy I thought she was just okay like there were some moments for me like where she got the candle from Simone and just kind of like slid it off of the cooler or whatever I thought was pretty funny but like I don't know like they're just like oh it's a subdued Candy like she's not like being loud now and like talking all the time, and it's like, okay, great, but like, that's like, so we're supposed to be like super excited impressed. now that she's not talking a bunch. Like, to me, it was like, there wasn't anything that was that funny to me. Like, she just said, like, she called Ross a bitch, which, okay, like, all of us could have done that. Like, yeah,
1: hey, Ross, you're a bitch, right? Get the let me
2: win the now. <laughs> so, I don't know, to me, it was just. Whatever, like she completed the challenge, I don't think it deserved the praise that it deserved, to be honest. I thought Simone Same. did way better, so I don't know. I'm just not here for Candy's performance, to be honest. I <laughs> well, just think I,
0: it was, I think it was like, oh, I totally agree. Like, you completed the assignment, you're not like this isn't like the final exam performance, right? Yeah, so it's like, oh, she tried something different. It worked awesome. It wasn't anything over the top. I did enjoy the scene in both of them. But yeah, I was like, okay, she's trying. She's showing the judges she can take notes. So maybe that's more of where the critique should have gone. I mean, because it was just like, oh, it was fine. I
2: can see I can see why Simone was worried, though. Like, I kind of understand why Simone was like, oh, shit, we might be in trouble. Because I don't think it was that great, to be
1: honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that uh, I think the whole scene itself was not great. Personally, um, this was definitely not one of my favorite scenes. There were like what Stoney said, a few funny moments, like when Candy pushed the candle off. Um, that was really funny. <laughs> what and, poor and person lives here? Yeah, that was really funny. And uh, Simone had, I would say, had more like a couple more funny, funnier moments, like with handing out the candles and stuff like that. But I don't know. Just for me, this was not one of my favorite scenes to watch yeah agreed so next we have the last group which is Tina and Elliot they are performing my best friend's 600 pound ass is killing our (laughs) friendship (laughs) Uh, I thought Tina
0: was fine Tina's like this is what Tina does like I enjoyed seeing what they would come up with for this skit it was another red dress but at least it wasn't like red and orange and yellow and all the things But um, (laughs) I liked Tina's energy because Tina's like showing you like I'm a performer. I'm going to try to give it my all very much like a rosé. I'm going to have fun with it and show off my skills. And Elliot, like, how could you not volley off of that energy? Like, just be a little brighter. Like, we know you have things going on inside, but it's not her fault. She's depressed, girl. You've literally put on a face for drag. Like, this is the part you have to put on your face when you're like showing up to work and you don't want to be there or you're nervous, but you have to like present as confident. Like Elliot did not show up for this. I don't think.
2: Yeah, I agree. L- Elliot really like, it was just bad because Tina was so high up there and like, so out over the top. And then, yeah, like Tina's just like, Oh, hi. Like I'm here. Like we were friends. You have like, you have a big ass and we used to work together. It's like, Okay, we're, like we're going to need you to like be like louder and like shadier or something. Yeah,
0: be like, "Bitch, you used to text me all the time and since your <laughs> ass down grew hungry, you ain't got no time for me," you know, something.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It, I, I I do think Tina just like came out and was just so good. Like the energy was really great like right off the bat. And when Elliot came, it was just kind of like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, was the sound effect yes um because had really <laughs> funny like jokes like i like the catch me from the side how about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that reference was funny yeah. um <laughs> and she was just like when she falls like over in the chair was really funny mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know i think tina re- really thought about it i don't know if they practiced or whatever but i think tina really thought through what she was going to do so elliot just like needed to step it up. Like Elliot kind of got there towards the end, but it just was like a little bit too little, too late. Yeah. Yeah. Too little, yeah,
0: too um, late. Shout out to Jojo. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, we learn that Simone's brother has gone to jail and that makes Simone feel like she has to do uh, everything not to do that to her mom and to like always be people pleasing to her mom and other people.
0: Yeah that's that's tough because like Simone was explaining they saw their mom change into a different person after their brother went away for armed robbery that's a hard kind of situation to see when you're like hey I'm still the kid too so all you probably know in that moment is to do your best and you know to be the good kid and creating Simone to like allow yourself to make the mistakes that's I mean, art is a way people process through these, you know, whatever tough moments they're going through or experiencing. So um, I'm happy Simone's here. I hope that their mom, like the persona Simone, I'm happy they're here and I hope their mom is in a much better place after watching the episode.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's really hard to go through, especially like growing up gay because I mean, granted, I don't know like her situation as far as like her mom accepting like her being gay and all that, but like black community it's um that would add another element to it right like if your brothers like had this you know went to jail or whatever it's just like okay well now like being gay like is that going to be like another traumatizing event for my parents (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. yeah totally that was really sad to hear And and it feels like almost um Simone didn't get to like fully live her life because she was always like so conscious about what she was doing at every moment
2: yeah yeah
0: those situations especially ones involving parents they um force you to grow up faster than you have to sometimes
1: yes and then we kind of switch to another discussion uh, between elliot and tina because elliot feels so left out of the group and uh, you know everyone's telling tina how great she was but elliot didn't do as good and then you know basically FOMO but you know then she says Elliot has clinical depression and Tina says she can relate because that's like also how her mom was when she was growing up so like it was like a bonding moment between those two and then you could see like after that Tina was kind of standing up for Elliot
0: yeah, because, you know, they got a little peek inside to what was going on. So um, that's that's definitely not easy. It's easy for us or anyone else to say, oh, well, why don't you just get to know the girls more? But I do think that the girls have been, like, a little bitchy. I don't know, like, <clears throat> where, like, I guess we only see so much on the show. But sometimes it's just, like, extra. Like, we're going out of our way to be snotty you know catty teenage girls in this moment um but it was nice to hear this from Elliot um just to kind of have an awareness more about who they are and how their brains work and how they communicate so I just hope that they start to share that with the cast and that um others you know give them that chance if it's deserved
2: yeah I mean this is tough for me because it's just like With Elliot, like, if you do have, like, clinical depression, it's not always easy to, like, talk about it either. Like, Mm. it's something that, like, is a lot of anxiety, and it's not easy to, like... Like, for Elliot, it was probably very hard to talk to Tina about this and even just say it, like, when you're in front of a camera, right? Like, that you know it's going to be on TV. So, I don't know. Like, it's just a hard thing to do. So, I don't know. Like, I just don't want to, like beat up on Elliot or or like for people to be like oh well why isn't Elliot saying anything in front of the other queens because it's like that might be something that's just like terrifying for Elliot given like her mental state like if she's going through depression things like that
0: well and Elliot has a past too we know we've discussed on the show about like the racial things and whatnot but and everyone's allowed to grow and evolve let me say that but With that being said, you know, the girls since the pork chop haven't been too receptive to Elliot because they're kind of forming their own judgments. And I'm happy that Tina apologized for that or, you know, not they made it aware that they knew. Like, I don't think they apologized for that. (laughs) But in the talking heads, they're like, well, I feel I was definitely judging them.
2: And it's also, though, like, if you think about it, she did get voted off from the pork chop lounge. So they're. There has to be something with the what Elliot is giving off in the room mm-hmm. that is causing her not to be able to bond with people, right? So I don't know if that's like just ha- like how she like presents herself or mm-hmm. like the way that <laughs> she talks to people or something. But there must be something there because she's not able to connect to people, and she was the first one voted out.
0: Well, she's probably just kind of like shut
2: down, not
0: like or like checked out, maybe. Yeah, and then. I don't know if it were me, and I can say this because I am the type of person to do this. I've always been this way. Most of my friends have clashed at some point, so let me just put that in there as well. Um, <laughs> I'm usually the one to say, hey, you know, are you okay, or what's going on, or strike up a conversation. I'm not gonna just immediately write you off because you said some sideways shit. Like, I'm gonna try to give you that moment to grow and us to reconnect outside of the peanut gallery And then maybe we can move forward. I'm not just going to be like, oh, there's that bitch Elliot giving me a side eye when it might not even be about you, ho. You know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I understand depression is a hard thing to live with and things like that. Um, Just personally, I'm not really at a place where I'm open to sympathizing with Elliot just based on her pattern of microaggressions towards um, people of color and like other transphobic comments that she's made. So... I mean, I guess, yeah, we can let people live and grow, but to me, like, it's a um a pattern and was still even going on during the taping of the season.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's yeah. all stuff for people to consider individually. I mean, I'm saying all of this as a gay black man. You're saying this as a gay Jewish man. We yeah. all have trans friends and people all under the rainbow. But I guess I'm just... I need to see the action. I'm trying to be more compassionate, but... <laughs> Not everyone gets that. So I'm just like, we'll see what happens. This isn't a full pass for Elliot. I'm just like, let's see what this bitch does. People can say things all day long. We need to see the actions and that won't happen overnight and all of it won't happen on camera.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where I'm at because Elliot has apologized. So, and and that does take, uh, you know, uh, courage and bravery to do and it's the right thing to do. But at the same time, like I haven't seen much actions of her, like any, any like, anything of her like doing the right thing <laughs> so i i'm i'm at a point now where i'm not like really open to like empathizing with her for her depression at this moment sure and that's that's your right you know hopefully people are out there
0: showing her how she can do that as a white gay because i know there's a lot of you know people are afraid to speak up but it's like no now you now is the time to ask questions and to you know bring that awareness but that's all for Elliot listeners let us know what you think about the situation on Twitter
1: yeah let us know where you kind of stand with this as well I'd, i I'm curious to you know hear you know maybe I'm overreacting or something I don't know like so I just uh feel this this is just how I feel about Elliot you know like you know she's saying these little microaggressions during the taping of the show and then even after the show even after people like Candy Muse were trying to be a good sis and like um, point her in the right direction she still is on like podcasts telling people oh simone's black excellence but not aggressive <laughs> so it's like you know where when is she, when has she shown that she has learned right yeah. and again that doesn't happen
0: overnight like you have to give people like the chance to kind of work through their mistakes and let me give you this perspective listeners whenever i meet uh, any white person any white person i am going to assume that you are racist or something (laughs) just out of a defense mechanism. And that's something I've had to work through on my own without, I mean, that's how black people are raised, you know? So when I look at somebody like Elliot, you know, Oh, this is just another typical white gay on their bullshit. So I don't think going on one podcast or even two or three is going to be enough. Like, and it, it has to go beyond post. And again, and this goes for all of you fucking fake ass Christians out there too. Yeah. I said it posting Bible verses and everything else. It's so easy to post things and not mean it. So I just want to see what Elliot does after this whole journey. Um, She's not in my good Judy box by any means because my eyebrow stays raised with a white gay like that, but I'm just trying not to put her in a box um, as a podcast host And judging her based on the work on the show and what she's giving us in the moments on the show.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I've arrived at a point in my journey where I'd like to stop talking about Elliot. So let's (laughs) move on, please. Let's continue on. (laughs) Um, so then uh, we have like a really funny moment where Candy, La La and Mick are talking about like how athletic these camera people are on these types of like Bossy Rossi shows, like chasing after the people. <laughs> and so then you know of course Ellie's like, "Ooh, me, me, me! I wanna, I wanna hold the boom and sweep the floor." Yeah, that sounds like the best job ever. Yeah, I wanna be involved. Pick me. I definitely
0: watched enough of these shows growing up, all the Jerry Springer um, reels and things. Um, being the oldest child, I was allowed to have a peek, so it was very accurate what the girls gave us in the scene.
2: Yeah, so my question for—I watched a lot of that bullshit, too, but my question is for you, Seth. Did you—knowing that you worked, like, in Hollywood, did you ever work on one of those sets— No,
1: I didn't work on any of those types of shows, unfortunately. Damn. I was hoping you had like a good story to share. (laughs) I wish that I did, but no. (laughs) No. We don't do those shows. (laughs) You're like, I
2: was too, like, because you basically did like uh, American Idol, right? And uh, voice.
1: A lot of CBS shows, voice, Price is Right uh Wanda Sykes show I did that one oh, okay um but yeah I think I think I forget which one Jerry Springer I think is the one that it's filmed in Chicago mm. and I don't know where the other shows like Maury maybe that's taped in New York I don't know but yeah that was never on those sets
2: yeah I, f- I guess a lot of those shows are New York aren't they like it seems like a lot of them are
1: like the trashy New York. yeah <laughs> All right. Well, that didn't go over. All right. So I think now it's time to uh, talk about the runway. But before we do, let's take a short break. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast so far. Thanks for coming hey everybody welcome back 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 again to our honest tea spill of the week we are going to discuss some runway looks and the category this week is beat it beat it <laughs> no one wants to really beat it, beat it. <laughs> nice yes girl so let's go ahead and start from the top with Tanali.
0: Oh, this was stunning. I thought that this was so, so well done. Um, a very, very creative approach to the beads category. I like that she was a walking chandelier. Like I thought I was watching Beauty and the Beast or something for a moment. It was just so pretty.
2: Yes, another amazing, great look from Denali this week. I love the chandelier look. It was really good, really beautiful, and she gets no credit for it. Sorry, Denali. <laughs>
1: justice for denali
2: free denali <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> oh man was, yeah this was such a killer look like i mean mm-hmm. maybe it didn't pop cuz it was not like colorful or whatever but at the same time it was just so beautiful
0: yeah i, I don't i don't understand how
1: they weren't in the top and it wasn't from H&M either <laughs>
2: No, it wasn't from H&M. Like, what's wrong with everyone?
1: Yeah. Uh, Next, we have Rosé giving us a middle school art project. (laughs) (laughs) This was so fun. We used to make these little, like,
0: um, I forget what they're called exactly, but you put the little tiny beads on the squares or the different shapes, and you make designs or whatever, and you iron them. I used to do this all the time, so I enjoyed this. It was just a punch of nostalgia. And a beautiful dress.
2: Yeah, I I really actually this was like one of my more favorite ones from Rose. I don't know, like a lot of her looks have not been my favorite, but I just thought it was simple. But like, I don't know, it's like simple, but like it looked good. It just was simple, but looked nice. Well, if you
0: looked close, there's like a lot
2: of intricate work yeah i oh mean my, all the beating that she did to in order to make that it was just like that, that was a lot the work. of work break yeah and it just looked clean and mm-hmm. it, like the proportions were there so i just really liked it yeah definitely
1: great look from denali <laughs> sorry stony so, do you have a phone call from oh, rose someone else calling in <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh all right let's move on to miss lala Ree la la i thought that this was fun i thought
0: that maybe with like a beaded category like i don't know if i just wanted like a little more i would def- i didn't actually notice the rip but um i thought maybe if the i don't know i don't know like it was fine it was fine i love the hair i love the makeup of course but i feel like it was just missing something
2: yeah i didn't notice the rip either until michelle said it but like I think it was just like a little bit basic and we've seen her wear very like things very similar to this before on the runway. Oh, so for true. me, it was just kind of like, I don't know.
1: I feel like we've seen what we need to see out of La La Ri. Yeah. And also too, like, I think my issue is that this outfit doesn't like come off as beads to me. Like, yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, there's lots of movement and stuff like that, but to me it was hard to tell that they were beads.
0: Yeah, I have to second that because yeah. it took me a moment. I like, was trying to figure out what it was. All I but, knew is that it was moving.
1: But neck <laughs> up, I thought she looked great with the hair and their face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She always does. All yes. right, let's go on to Got Mick with uh, a, a, maybe a less traditional bead choice here. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this. I
0: instantly thought of um, Queen Latrice Royale when they wore their um, similar... Um, ponytail on their season, but I thought this was such a fun look from Gottmik.
1: I think, didn't Raja D. O'Hara also wear a look like this on her season? I believe so, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, we love like a good anal bean moment, so that was <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, meet me out back sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why don't you fuck me up the ass, Gottmik. Mick? <laughs> That's how I felt. So, (laughs) Hey, she did choose the anal option. Yeah. She could have chosen oral, but we went with anal here, so (laughs) I'm not mad. (laughs) Uh, Next we have Olivia Lux. Olivia, I thought this
0: was adorable. I thought it was cute. Shout out to Candy's wig.
1: It's Olivia. I thought it was cute. So I thought this was Candy's wig, but it turns out it wasn't. It turns out <gasps> oh. that um, that Olivia is just that unlucky <laughs> twice. She wore, she had that boxing look that, uh, that uh, Simone had already worn. And now okay. this time there are two different hairstylists for this wig. No! Oh, no. Yes. This is a <laughs> wow. wig she got styled and brought from home. And it just so oh happens that it's exactly the same as Candies. You know, know,
0: now that you say that, I noticed that the baby hairs around Olivia's face were a little more pronounced than on Candies. So that makes sense. That
1: I was like, different. girl,
2: Olivia is so unlucky. <laughs> Damn. That sucks, too, because it's like whoever wears it first like gets to like you know what i mean like it's just the second time around you're like oh we've already seen this though Well, this is like, like the uk with the chips yeah <laughs> well and it's like even just like the boxing thing like what olivia wore was so cool on the runway but it was like we just saw this with simone like two episodes ago so it was like not as exciting <laughs> yeah. right and i'm just like damn but like i don't know th- i think that goes to show you like the '90s like is kind of in fashion right now because I always think of '90s with that hairstyle. I don't know if that's correct or not, but yeah, that's yeah. what I think of. Anyway. And the culture
0: too. I mean, you know, these are black and brown girls, and we definitely had those things in our hair growing up.
1: Well, and and especially with the outfit that uh, Olivia had on, with like the spray paint on, like a white, you know, yeah, that was very '90s. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. All right. Moving on, we have Utica. What do we think of this blushing bride? I thought this was pretty
0: like fabulous. And you know, it's very Utica. I like how she gives us her interpretation of these challenges and that they're just kind of always so out of the box. I thought it was so cool to see. I loved how the um, garment just kind of, the bloody garment just kind of dusted the stage as they were moving the entire time.
2: Yeah, I like this too. I. I think I'm kind of like with drag race I'm kind of like over the bride looks a little bit just because it's done so much but um I thought the look was good though like definitely nothing wrong with it like it's definitely like she did a good job with the beads and everything and I thought it was really pretty um the way that she incorporated like the blood and stuff and the red with the roses and stuff so I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was good It did look very story. high
1: fashion. Yes, yeah. yes. But to give fair critiques to the White Queens, Utica was wearing the same wig that <laughs> she was wearing for her bag ball look. Oh, clocked it. So, Uh-oh. yes. Same wig, girl. Same wig. <laughs> <laughs> so next we have Candy Muse. And is that, is that Ms. Cracker's hat she's wearing? <laughs> Do you remember her hair hat? <laughs> yes.
2: Was um, that hair? I don't think Candy was wearing hair, but it looks like the hair hat. Yeah. Oh, okay, I follow. I follow.
0: I actually thought that, you know, this was a little simple for the runway, but I did like how it came together. I thought that Candy looked nice and, you know, she's trying to give us different things and I thought that she looked beautiful. And it was something different from Candy. So, you know, good job, girl.
2: I thought it was it was very beautiful. It was something different from Candy. It wasn't my favorite, but given that this episode is all about saying Candy did something different and that we're supposed
1: to love her now, <laughs> um, then congrats, girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the better looks that Candy has worn. To, yes. It wasn't like giving me life personally but i i kind of it's like it's sort of like in between for me it's like i'm not fully there but i don't think it was bad either mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm like i don't know this it's kind of i just
2: i'm just not buying the like my thing is i feel like and now i'm sounding like seth but i feel like the producers wanted us to to think that candy did amazing this episode i'm like did she really though <laughs> I
1: will give you that because I don't think this look is uh deserved the hype that all the judges gave it. But yeah. but I I don't think it's
2: bad. I don't I don't think it's bad either and I don't think she did bad on the challenge either. I guess I'm just more like do we really need to like praise her a bunch for this? I mean, Denali
0: probably could have definitely had their spot. So I'd yeah. be curious to
2: see. If, you I know, would, yeah, I agree. I would rather have Denali in that position that yeah. Candy was in this week.
0: I'd be curious to hear more of why that decision was made.
2: You yeah.
1: Know. But kudos for Candy for getting up there. Yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we have a really outstanding look with Simone. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, (laughs) i was getting those kind of vibes i'm pussy bitch yeah (laughs) shout out to bb cameroon (laughs) i like this look a lot it's um can we get on simone for relying on that body some more sure but this was fierce and i love the beading in the hair like um if you see that kind of traditional hairstyles that they do and the continents of Africa. Um, I see some of y'all saying country out there, you need to learn how to read a <laughs> map. Um, <laughs> you would see this if you were to go over there. I've never been, but, you know, I know how to do research. So um, I thought that this was very, very sexy and a great nod to her, her people and her fashion.
2: Yeah, I thought this was really fun, and I I love like, the, the amount of detail that went into the beads. Like, it was just... I don't know. All Altogether, it was just a really pretty um, um, runway look. And I feel like, too, like with the hair, it's saying Simone in the back. Like, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I saw where she had something on Instagram or something where it was like she had like in the back of her hair. Where, instead of Simone, it said she done already had herses, which <laughs> oh is my was gosh. really funny. That's fun.
1: Did you see, I don't know if she posted on Instagram too, but I saw it on Twitter. She posted a video of her in this outfit lip syncing to a Beyonce song like in the desert. Oh. Yeah. You should check it out. It was pretty fierce.
0: I need to find that. Do we know what song it was? I can't deja remember. I, I don't it remember.
1: It's it's a song that I wasn't as familiar with. I do remember that. Oh, okay. But it was good. <laughs> Next we have for the first time in seven weeks <laughs> we have Tina Burner not wearing a red and yellow an orange <laughs> outfit.
2: Jesus Christ, this is We did miracle. it,
0: Joe. We did it. <laughs> Titty Burner. <laughs> Although it sounded like she would have liked to have it red, orange, and yellow.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that reveal to be a red, orange, and yellow outfit. <laughs> Oh, you, you knew
0: it was coming, right? We just felt it. But nope, she surprised us.
1: Yeah, I, I personally don't think the first reveal was anything exciting or worth it. But I did like the second reveal where she took off the titty covers and had like the pasties on. Yeah, <laughs> surprise. The, the first reveal was a bit of a letdown. <laughs> um, and also, I don't know. I didn't get at... I know the the whole point of this runway was beads and I don't think she did enough with beads too. I kind of thought that too. I didn't want to criticize her too much
2: just because I was like, wow, she did something different besides like red and yellow. (laughs) So I don't know. But yeah, I, that was in my head too. I was like, there's not very many
1: beads here. (laughs) Right. She's like all of her reveal, like actually resulted in less beads on her outfit yeah <laughs> but um, I guess the bar is pretty low she didn't wear her, her typical outfit so let's I guess just be happy with what we got I guess girl <laughs> next we have Elliot with two T's wearing a Mardi Gras inspired flapper dress I
0: thought this was a fun way to use the Mardi Gras beads I thought it was cute I liked um the way it was all put together good
2: job yes Honestly, for me, a lot this, along with like Simone and Denali were like my top looks like I thought this was actually one of my favorites because it was just it was all beads. It was very detailed, looked really nice on her. I loved um,
1: yeah, everything about it. I just thought she did a really good job with this. yes, girl, um. That was the runway. So moving on, Olivia does win the challenge. So congratulations, Olivia, her second win.
0: Yes, two in a row. Thank you for the point. She's like,
2: you really do love me.
1: <laughs> I am still here.
2: <laughs> you really love
1: me. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then in the bottom two are Elliot with two T's and La La Re. Yeah, that performance, Elliot, wasn't
0: going to save you this week. And Lala, we just, you were just needing a little bit more of a push, girl. So I'm not surprised to see you in the bottom, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, girl. I'll say this for me personally. I was rooting for Elliot to go home, but (laughs) unfortunately, that's not what happened. So in the end, Elliot with two Ts gets to stay and Lalari must sachet away
0: bye lala sucks to lose you on my team but maybe once covid's over we'll get to see you on a stage in person
1: yes yeah
2: it was sad to see her go i will say i watched her watch a pack-in with michelle and she is very she's such a positive like um Spirit. spirit yeah like she's just really fun to be around i loved watching her interview so
1: um yeah we will miss you Yes, girl. I think there are a couple of points worth talking about Untucked. So first, uh, Denali is upset. She feels like she's being uh, put in the background. She's getting the the Jan edit here of sorts. And uh, she. this is compounded when in Untucked she can't even get a word in when there are just the four safe queens in the room.
2: Girl, I can feel this. Like, I, I understand... Like I kind of I'm the type that I get annoyed where it's like, oh, well, why am I safe? Or, you know, why like why am I not getting like critiques? Why am I safe? That type of thing. And like that does annoy me sometimes when I hear it from the girls. But like in this instance, I kind of see why Denali has a reason to bitch because it's like she's had all these like really good looks, has performed pretty good in the challenges and Nothing. Like it just doesn't make sense to me either.
0: Yeah, and I mean as like as far I agree with all of that. Like I would feel a way too. I think Denali is justified in that in that sense. <clears throat> when it comes to your sisters though, girl, if you have something to say, just say it. Or you can just be mad and upset. That's fine too. I feel you, girl. But if you have something to say amongst the group, just I mean, you know how these bitches are. It's episode seven. Like let's jump in and say what we need to say. And then we can, you know, go process and get back in the right headspace
1: at the mirror. Yes, girl. I, yeah, it was really sad to see her, like, so upset. And I don't think she was mad at the girl. She was just more mad at herself, I think. so.
0: Right. It was just that moment when she's like, I can't even get a word in here. And she stormed off. Clearly, think, yeah. she's just dealing with herself. I yes. think
2: it's just, like, being upset that the judges are doing it. And then, like, in the moment, you're like feeling away about it and then you can't like you're trying to say something and then you get interrupted and it's like okay fuck off
1: everyone like yes i'm just annoyed now <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so the other point that i wanted to talk about is with lala re she actually went to the dark place this episode and i think she kind of gave up
0: yeah i think maybe she just checked out for sure like um It's confusing. I mean, we're sitting here talking about what the judges are looking for or not looking for. And I mean, this is just a realization of that. She's like, I don't know what else I can do now, girl. We've seen some of those looks. But it's not all about the looks. So if you feel like you're giving it your all and you hit that that kind of emotionally and mentally drained wall, then it's just like, ouch, it's hard to bounce back from.
1: Yeah, girl, it was really sad to see that. And, you know, all the queens were were really feeling for her and it was nice to see that you know for the queens to support her and i don't know i mean elliot or not elliot um la la was you know she's such a great queen and she's so fierce and she always looks so pretty and she has great lip sync so it was kind of a bummer to see her go and um you know i understand it's a competition and you know it seems like the pressure maybe just got to her
0: yeah yeah
1: all right. So that's the show everybody. Before we get out of here, we will throw it to Stony for some quick fantasy league updates. Yay! Yeah.
2: So, after 7 full episodes, Seth you're in last point or last place <laughs> with 100 <laughs> points. Thanks, girl. Yikes. I am not far be or not far ahead of you with 140 points. And then Jamal is way in first place with two hundred (laughs) and ten points. Good lord. Thanks, Queens.
1: We need to like feel the crown. We need to Nancy Kerrigan, like his queens on his fantasy team.
2: (laughs) Well He leave Olivia alone. I mean, the problem is Jamal has Olivia and Simone on his team. So that's
1: Tina. And Tina, so that's like the problem. And I just (laughs) lost Lollarie. Yeah. Damn girl. This is a tough fantasy league for Stony and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Remember, you can find all of the updates on our link tree.
1: On any of our profiles. <laughs> yes, girl. And make sure you do like, review, and tell your friends because that is the best way to get the message out about our fantastic podcast. It helps people find us. The reviews help put us in a better algorithm. So we appreciate all that you do for us. We we really do. Thank everybody for this opportunity to be doing this podcast and to have people that support us. It's it's just t- amazing. It's We love you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, truly. Thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we <laughs> will be back next week with a whole nother round of drag race. But until then, bye. Bye.